When we started the Lollygaggers podcast, we were gentle boys. But after today's episode, we become... Gentlemans? Is that right? In this episode, Justin slobbers on about Creed and Battle for Azeroth, while Jeff reads Gideon Falls and Vax Cthulhu Death May Die. Both Lollygaggers then go retro with the 1994 super mega hit Cabin Boy, before ending with the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, welcome to episode number 17 of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of geek stuff, comics and movies, games, TV, etc. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. How's it going, man? Happy birthday to Die Hard. Did you know that? Oh my Today, god. Die Hard turns 30. What a 30. wondrous day then. It turns 30. And so, yeah, I've been watching my Twitter feeds, all sorts of posts about that. Uh, it's amazing. Laughs. The only bad thing is, is that people keep posting pictures of like Alan Rickman and it makes me kind of sad because he's dead and that sucks because I can't believe he's been um, dead for like, what, two years Rick now? Yeah, it's so, I love you. Alan Rickman was amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, shoot the glass. Oh, that was so good. I love that part. Uh, anyway, but yeah, happy birthday to Die Hard. That That's is, uh, solid. is my that. big news. Yeah. My big news. Um, so. For anything, for all I got for me for like this week is me and the wife finally went, you know, we go to Disney constantly. And uh, really? Almost to you don't say. Too much. I, I haven't I, heard about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I told her we need to take a little break for. I've gone quite a bit in the yeah. past month or so, so yeah. uh, we we stayed in a nice hotel out there this time, which I think is where we're gonna do it from here on out because it's just it's like an hour and a half drive sometimes, and it's nice to have a place you can go and instead of driving in the middle of the night home or whatever. Anyways, because we stayed at a hotel, we get like Disney hours, so we got to go on like the new stuff, like the Toy Story rides opened up recently, and so like, there's a Slinky Dog ride, and it's pretty solid. There's a little roller coaster. Um, so we did Slinky Dog. Then we finally went to the Pandora area and finally got on the Pandora ride, which was that's only, uh, the Avatar stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It was only an hour wait. It's basically like you're on like an at like they were telling us because we were in line. I, we asked them like, what's the longest anyone's ever waited? They said the longest wait time at the place when it opened up first was like six and a half hours, which is insane. Because um, if I would have waited in that line for right. six and a half hours, I would have been extremely disappointed. Um, but for it only being an hour, most of it being inside, it was fun. It's like you're in the back of a banshee, and like it, it looks kind of like a vertical IMAX thing, and then like uh, it has like these animatronics in the seat to make it feel like the banshee's in between your legs, so like it's breathing and stuff. And there's like mm-hmm. even moments when I like there was a moment where water splashed up, and I like shielded my face. I was that gullible and stupid at a certain point. I'm like, well, that, that must mean it's a decent ride if I thought I was actually there. But Yeah, uh, that yeah. must be the reason. Yeah, yeah. definitely not because I'm a dum-dum. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not because of that. But we're done with mm-hmm. Disney for a while. Anyways, cool. enough of that garbage. Uh, yeah. What's new with you this week? So, okay, so last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, maybe it was episode 15, I made a little bit of a complaint in the thank yous about my wife and how she didn't let she talked me out of the back in this one kickstarter no no no, i don't care we don't work that way like we're, that's fine like she, she doesn't care uh but uh one of the complaints was uh was dwarven forge i didn't uh, i didn't back dwarvens so i said the heck with it and some stuff uh got stocked up in their store and so i bought some uh, so dwarven forge is basically uh terrain that you can use for you know rpgs Right. That what so I saw on like, your Twitter feed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been tweeting about it. Uh, so this past week in D and D, on our session, um, which is like our third for our new campaign, we 
uh, I got to use some. Uh, and it was like, it was before I painted it because I get to unpaint and stuff and I paint it myself because I like to paint. Uh, but uh, I used it and I had some setups going on and it was kind of an interesting storyline that was happening. Um, so the players were like, they're st so the basic premise is that they're in this like little resort, like village uh, while like something that's a, the equivalent of the 4th of July is happening. And the city is beset by Sahuagin, which are these like fish folk, like basically mare folk that climb up out of the out of the ocean and start attacking the village and killing people and stuff like that. And so they're there while while it's happening. And so they're kind of cut off from the rest of civilization right now because they're trying. And so they're trying to go get help. And then they like they're trying to help out the the lord of the, the the village, the one who actually like the the main guy. And so they're looking for his sister. And they go down into this uh, into this beach cave. And so I started setting it up. So, cause I wanted to use the the actual terrain. And so they went down to this like little beach cave and they're fighting these fish people and stuff. Uh, so it was so much fun. Uh, this stuff was great. And I just spent the past two days or so working on painting some stuff up. So I have like a cavern set. So there's a bunch of different caves and then I have a dungeon set, which is stuff for actual dungeons that are more like stone tiles and stuff like that and bricks uh, versus just random, random rocks and things like that. So it was really fun. Uh, and also, uh, which is another thing that was really fun, um, my D and my, my players uh, in D and D, uh, uh, they uh, they killed a teenager. Uh, they just uh, they just tricked uh, a teenager like and died. Yeah, no, not in real life. Okay, real life. okay, thank God. No, yeah, we were <sighs> a group of seven people, but we're six now. Uh, no, um, so it was kind of funny because uh, one of the storylines, one of the hooks I had going since the beginning was like the the Lord uh, his 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 little sister was missing. Uh, and she's like, she's like a teenager. She's like, you know, 15, 16, something like that. Uh, and she was, uh, she and the, the stable boy, uh, Oscar were, uh, were a thing. Apparently they, they learned through, you know, the grapevine and they, uh, they wanted to go see the lights, like, you know, basically fireworks, uh, at this, uh, this little beach cove. And so they went there and that's when the swagon hit and, uh, hit the town. And so, uh, they didn't you know the players didn't know this, but they got attacked at the cove as well. And like, they got separated and the, the the girl ended up getting like dragged in under by the water into into the cove because high tide was coming and like the teenager boy was running away and stuff like that and so she died but she comes back as like this this it's called a drowned maiden it's from one of my my books uh the tome of beasts by cobalt press which is this awesome like monster manual that i use for uh for all sorts of different stat blocks for for monsters anyway comes back she comes back she's like this evil undead creature now who is like wants revenge and so um, way too strong for the players. And so the players, when they encounter her, because they're thinking they're just fighting fish people, and all of a sudden there's this fairly strong undead creature that they run into. And so they try to fight her, and it ain't going well for them. And so they nearly lose two of the, two of the party, and then they're like, they make a deal with her. They're like, hey, we know where the boy that killed, that, you know, that left you to die is. So if you let us go, um, we'll go get the boy and bring him down here. And so they agreed and like two of the players were kept back as like collateral. And so they went and they dragged this little 16 year old kid down, tricking him the whole way. And then, so she just wraps her, like once he arrives, like the, the drowned maiden, like undead lady, she just wraps her these long, cause she, like one of the features of this this uh, monster, it's so awesome. She has like this, these really long strands of hair. She has three, three of them, like these three big chunks of hair that she can wrap around people and grapple them. And she can like pull them towards her and like kiss them, which drains their strength and stuff. And so she just wraps all of her, you know, I just, I just do this like description wise. She just wrapped all of her hair around him and then just dove into a pool with him, like while she was strangling him. And so just drowning him to death. And though they did this, they, they, uh, they, they brought a little teenage terrified kid who, uh, who, uh, yeah, who, um, you know, might've done what anybody else would have done, which is run, you know? Nice. And that's what they did.
this is a this is episode three i can't wait so it's so fun so it's good times but uh but hey, at least they all got to live. Otherwise, at least probably one or two of them might have. It's the silver die. linings and things you really got to think about. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now they have to actually like we left off with them returning to the Lord's house, like the Lord's manor. And so next week they have to actually break the news. So going to look forward to how that, that transpires. We'll see. We'll see what happens. They're talking. They were they were thinking maybe we lie to them. Maybe we say they just both ran away and uh, they're living a happy life somewhere else. So what had happened was. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting. I'm really curious what they're going to do. So it should be fun. But oh, man, it's going well so far. This campaign's like crushing it. And I have all this like terrain now from Dwarven Forge. It's just oh, so much better. So I'm going to post some pics up on the up on the old Twitter uh, with the new painted stuff because I just finished it up. My wife gave me a hand today. Uh, and we finished it all up. Then I got the dungeon stuff to paint now too, so should be fun. But anyway, that's D and D. It was good times. Yeah, I uh, I saw Creed finally. Um, have you seen Creed yet? Like the band yeah. with your arms? <laughs> Did you put tissues in your in your cheeks? Under the right. uh, get really, Creed really yet? mad when people criticize you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see Creed yet? By the way, no, I have not. It's the really movie, good. I assume you're talking about. Um, yeah. I, I had a chance to watch it today. I rented it, but I think I'm going to buy it now. Um, I've always been a tremendous fan of all Rocky movies. Okay, uh, Rocky 1 is just a classic. The story behind Rocky 1, like how he made it and like mm-hmm. refused to like have anyone else star in it. Punched meat and everything. Yeah. Well, like the whole thing, the backstory of it too, like how... Uh, Sylvester Stallone said, "I'm going to star in it," and they said, "No, we're not right. going to fund it if you don't." So, like, he sold his dog to try and like pay for certain stuff. Then, after he won That's an Academy Award, thing. he bought the dog back. Just like stuff like that, like really great stories that came out of it. Um, and so this is uh this is Creed. It's about uh, it's directed by Ryan Coogler, who also did uh, Black Panther. Um, and it stars Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Tessa Thompson, who was Valkyrie in um uh thor ragnarok and felicia rashad. oh she's uh she's from westworld right? yeah, yeah yeah and felicia rashad who played aunt viv on the fresh prince um she plays his mother uh kind of nice and so nice. basically the idea is he is the illegitimate son of apollo creed he had infidelity with uh his wife who's played with, by... a- with adrian adrian no, no no not of apollo creed no no no, no. i know but like apollo creed adrian, she dies a little she dies. They, you don't even know. I know. I, I, no, I'm saying like uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's mother dies. You don't know who she is. Like she's not even part of it. And uh, so like he's in foster care, and she, he gets picked up by his actual wife, who adopts him, and says that you know she was running from like the demons of his past, but like she adopts him, and he's got this desire in him to be like his father. So he decides to start boxing underground, and it all kind of leads to one thing or another. He finds like. In the sewers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, no, he does like uh, Tijuana (laughs) fights and stuff like that. And he wants to get officially trained. So he finds Rocky and Rocky starts training him. And uh, Rocky doesn't, you know, is hesitant about it because, you know, he's the reason why Apollo's dead, he feels. And so it's like a little stuff like that. And the first bit of the movie is a little bit slow getting started. But by the second and third act, I'm just so in it. Like, and the music's fantastic. They really throw back to the old original Rocky music of like very, like, um, you know, kind of like a, a gothic style, like hymns and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, 
it the the big tongue tongue like stuff like that and just like it they do it the perfect time we uh we here at the lollygagger spare no expense with sound effects yeah, yeah, yeah uh they do the the eye of the tiger song at the perfect time and like the the way the sound was done the sh- the shooting's phenomenal very long shots of like not uncut scenes where it's just like following people around just like good six seven minute scenes kind of like children of men style um i oh to me that's my favorite thing in movies when they do those long cuts like i think that's just takes so much skill and it's, it's so impressive when they do that and there's lots of that the fighting scenes almost look real uh the everything's really really well done and at the end of the movie i got all choked up like it's the first time in a while it's like a really it, it was an inspiring film to me and i and I thought Michael B. Jordan did a great job. Sylvester Stallone was unbelievable in it. Like, a really great acting job by him. He, he, they went back to old Rocky, punch-drunk Rocky, not smart Rocky type of thing. Like, you know, because Rocky was always kind of like, you know, a dumb-dumb. And they kind of went back to that. And I, I like how they got, got back to his character. And they really did a great job of capturing the, like, spirit of Philly and all that stuff, too. I thought it was really great. They went back to, like, the roots of what made it, like what it was and so like, right so cheese sticks and you know cheese sticks not sticks yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh pelting like santa claus or something yeah. like that wasn't that wasn't an old i don't balls. know if that's actually true i, I think that's just like an urban really angry football fans but and like, sal palantonio doing doing his uh stand-up reports from outside yeah, yeah, philly's yeah. uh police camp yep. but I, I i i thought it was phenomenal i I was really really impressed by the movie and then immediately afterwards because i heard that the preview came out and there was a surprise uh, opponent. And immediately afterwards, I went and watched the preview. And I will give you three guesses to guess who he's boxing in the next movie. But you're just going to need half a guess. So who's, who's, who do you think he's going to box in the next movie? Uh, Ivan Drago? Well, no, nah, he's not going to box the old man. He's going to box his kid. Well, is- yeah, I know. But the Drago, the Drago yeah, yeah. kid. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's got to be someone from that storyline. Yeah, so it's like uh, him going up against drago's son and that to me listen like, listen i rocky just want to like, listen i love rocky ones i love rocky four rocky, rocky four is my favorite actually <laughs> listen like whenever you get rocky giving his speech at the very end where he won over the soviet people and he's like listen if you could cheer for me and like maybe all two countries can get along something like that like it was the most ridiculous i argue that diplomatic speech. rocky four uh, had uh, a large part in doing in disarming the Cold War. Right? Yeah, that's totally yeah, that. Absolutely. That and that's, massive debt. Definitely what it was. Definitely Those two was. things. But uh, I feel like Ivan Drago is wrongfully, uh, wrongfully villainized. Uh, he was look, man. He was in the ring. Like, don't don't go in the ring, Apollo. Don't go in the ring. All right, that's all I'm saying. Like, you should so, have been in the ring. I saw that preview and I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm I'm a hundred percent in. I love Rocky One, but Rocky Four is just That's the best. It's so it's best. perfect. It's one I of always the most forget perfect Rocky films. Two. Rocky Two always just sort of blends like Rocky One stands out. Rocky yeah, Three Rocky stands out. Like, hey, n- now he is better than Apollo. What a prediction? Yeah. Well yeah, Rocky oh, Three is so, so good too because it's Rocky so cheesy. Three. But Club Rocky Lang? Four Are you kidding? It, it beats it beats Rocky Three because you have a robot, all right? And right. when you have right. a robot saying happy birthday, Polly, I I mean how could you how could you get any better? Well, I just like so. four because of the socio-political undertones of you know 
you know, U.S. capitalism versus you know Soviet doping, uh, and like that part where he like he goes to he goes to Russia to train, and he's all trained and, in nature in the snow. And the hearts on and fire. Mister Ivan Drago is trading it with all the scientific equipment. What, yeah, yeah. what a Nancy boy! Whatever he punches, he destroys. Yeah. So yeah. like, mm. I'm he's super excited about the next one. It's supposed to come out. He's I think a piece of iron. So I can't wait. Um, mm. I suggest you watch the first one though. It's really really good. And, uh, I will at some point. I'm sure. It's, I, it's, I just no, it's, it's, not, it's not a movie I'm going to go out of my way for. I'm, yeah. I don't know. If it's on like HBO, you got to watch it. So. Oh yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's great. I should stop talking about it. How about you? Okay. Else? Yes, I want to talk about a comic. Uh, so, Comixology. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm getting into comics. Uh, I'm actually trying to do this. So, Comixology is having like a, a deal uh in july here i think it runs another week or so a week or two a comicsology and image comics so like you can get you can kind of get like buy one get one free kind of deals if it's an image comic thing and there's some specific uh like limitations like depends on like publication date and stuff like that but there's a lot of like ways you can just sort of collect some comics for for, for cheapsies so i was collecting some comics so i was getting on there and i was buying a few things one of the things i wanted to get was the new um the new aliens dust to dust um issue which i did get but i haven't read yet so i'll probably talk about that next week um but i got into i just kind of randomly picked up one that looked interesting and i was just sort of reading some of the explanations for it because um i don't know i just looked at the summary and looked at some of the art and i kind of like the preview and it's called gideon falls i've uh, heard of this gideon falls was so very good so yeah it's published by image comics it's written by and you you might have to help me if i get the name wrong here jeff lemire or jeff lemire i'm not sure how to pronounce lemire, the last name lemire. he's a pretty good artist. i definitely know how to pronounce the first name uh, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely i know jeff. that one yeah um and it's got art by andrea sorrentino um who's italian dude who's worked on a bunch of other stuff um uh, i think he worked even outside of comics but anyway um, so it's an ongoing title. It just started back in March and it's got four issues that are currently available. I've read through three. Uh, I got the fourth one ready to go. I just haven't read it yet. And the fifth is coming really, really soon. So you can already pre-order it up on Comixology right now. Now it's set in modern day. Uh, so it's a modern day, modern day stuff. It has a dual narrative. It's got two main characters. One's, uh, one's father Wilfred, who, who is a, an older priest or pastor, uh, who's just been assigned to take over in this rural town of Gideon Falls after the previous pastor, Father Tom, died. So he's got to go there. Now, Father Wilfred also has like these hints of a kind of a troubled past. Um, they call him Fred. He's got, he might have an alcohol problem, it looks like. And he definitely wanted to stay in his previous gig, which is like a teaching gig. And he's being sent there uh, kind of against his will. The other character, uh, the other POV character is a guy named Norton, um, who lives in the city. I don't know if the city's ever named. I can't remember. Um, and, he, and he's kind of like schizophrenic, um, maybe paranoid uh, delusions sort of type of thing going on but he spends his days wandering around the city picking up splinters of wood and he carefully catalogs them in jars so he usually kind of goes through trash and stuff like that and he starts cataloging them in his in his actual apartment and he sees um, a psychiatrist named Dr. Zhu um, or Chu I'm not sure how to pronounce um, who is kind of on the verge of recommitting Norton because Norton apparently was was committed at one point to her mental hospital and so he might go back all right, so the central story of Gideon Falls revolves around this kind of urban legend or this mythical magical barn that just sort of shows up. It's sort of like a precursor or a harbinger of evil of some kind. Uh, and it's potentially responsible or connected in some way to like deaths or, or whatever. Um, Norton believes that the splinters he's collecting are somehow connected to the barn, might even be pieces of the barn. And he's been having dreams, visions of the barn since he was a kid. And he doesn't really understand why, right? He doesn't understand his connection. Father 
Fred gets all tied up in the whole barn stuff because in the very first issue, he stumbles across it one night uh, after stumbling across a dead body uh, in Gideon Falls, like in the kind of countryside. And just it's, it's just there. And then it disappears just as quickly as it appears. And he's left with this like really confused state and a story that like no right-minded cop is at all going to believe, right? So it's just like, hey, this barn, it appeared out of nowhere. Oh, there's a dead body on the ground, right? And so everyone's just like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so that's kind of the central story. Like what's going on with this barn? How, like what's about it? And I find that really interesting. And so I like the kind of idea of urban legends and stuff like that. I like modern day stories. Um, so I don't really know when or if Norton and Fred are going to kind of overlap or intersect right now. Um, the first couple issues, they're really just navigating their own separate sections of the story. Um, and there's a lot of foundation being laid like about the town and about various people. So there's other characters. There's a, there's a sheriff and her deputies. There's like a friendly neighborhood welcoming committee woman. There's this old doctor with a great big bushy beard. And like, it literally is a great big bushy beard. Great big uh, there's bushy just, like, beard. <laughs> there's this like strange bus bus driver guy who's shown up a couple times that i don't know i'm getting some bad vibes from him uh and then there's a uh this like this this creepy visage visage or image that, that you kind of see blurring out of um of some of like the barn when it appears like once or twice throughout the actual comic so um it's a slow burn for sure and things are really just getting going um I definitely recommend it, but I would say like if you're the type of person who who is impatient, and I, I honestly don't really like consuming things anymore on a episode week to week basis, um, so I, I tend to prefer my stuff like to binge. Um, but I just kind of picked this up on a whim, not even really realizing like what an ongoing what, what the difference between like ongoing and all that kind of stuff is. I'm sort of a neophyte when it comes to this kind of thing, um, but I'm already hooked, so I'm going to keep reading it. Right, so um, but it's definitely. It's definitely interesting so far. It's got me curious. Uh, I'm really eager to read the fourth issue that I have. Um, if I, you know, honestly, I guess the probably the way I would normally want to read this would be to wait for it to get collected into a volume or something like that, and then read a big chunk because it seems like the type of story that that issue to issue. Like there's cool little cliffhangers and stuff here and there, but I'm not sure how much the story progresses from one issue to the next, which is a general complaint I have about like comics in general and why I always sort of tend to like wait until something is collected, you know, but overall I really dig it um, so far. And I like the art style. Uh, it looks, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's very realistic, but it has this kind of relief quality to it. Almost looks like there's like this vertical um, removal of a couple lines that kind of come out here and there. Yeah. And, like, the artist has done a lot of great stuff. He did the, yeah. uh, he did um, the gunslinger books for a while. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he did Old Man Logan. Uh, it's a the, the yeah, like yeah. run of I've it. seen and, like, yeah I've seen Old Man Logan pop up like and all over with the, place. the right colorist. He can just have amazing yeah. stuff because the way the lines look and it's and like with the Old Man Logan stuff, everything's just like reds and oranges and whites and just looks really yeah. great. So like I'm I a huge it. fan of his art. I like all of, like he, does, he uses a lot of inks, he uses a lot of blacks, and it's it's really really good stuff. So there's this interesting stuff going on with red. Um, I think I don't really know yet. Um, like red pops up in like really really glaring ways, and red also pops up when the barns around too. So there's some sort of symbology going on that I you know I'm not entirely sure yet what what that's going to mean, but uh, some interesting stuff. I, I really like it. It's really interesting. It's definitely the type of comic I would get into because like there ain't a superhero in sight. It's dealing with kind of creepy horror stuff. Um, it's slow burn, so it's kind of my jam. But anyway, Gideon Falls, Image Comics, Jeff, Le, you said Lemire? Is that Jeff Lemire. Lemire, sorry. Jeff Lemire. I will get that right now. Okay, so yeah, what about you, bud? 
Uh, last thing I kind of want to talk about, because I don't really have a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, the BFA Battle for Azeroth pre-patch comes out on Tuesday. I'm super excited about it. Uh, me and Ash. Cool. I'm going to go take a nap while you're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, so, anyways. Uh, me and Ash have been uh, power leveling for, like, the past week, trying to get to 110 with our new characters. Um, and, like, Wobbly's been helping us out and stuff like that. Um, but a few notes on the pre-patch, because they all kind of, like, Basically, the pre-patch is like, hey, here's the download before the game comes out. That way, on launch day, we don't have a huge patch we have to put in. So, it's basically that. So, basically, right. uh, the story leading up to BFA comes out. Uh, Sylvanas attacking uh, uh, Teladrissel. Uh, aftermath of that stuff. There's a couple mounts after completing the quest. Your artifacts get destroyed for reasons unknown yet but they'll explain it obviously in the whole thing uh gear changes there's gonna be a giant stat squish instead of people hitting for millions now they're gonna be hitting for hundreds so that's gonna be a, a much better thing instead of having like 950 gear you're gonna have like level 100 gear so like they're just like because it's a little ridiculous how the numbers are now so they're kind of squishing everything tons of changes to different character uh, types like there's a big thing to hunters they're changing a whole bunch of them. I'm really excited about because I'm going back to playing a hunter, uh, which is I haven't done since the game first came out. Make it sure to get uh, enchantments and uh, put gems in your gear. Oh, I, I wasn't aware that you're supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> Long time ago, when we used to raid in WoW, Justin forgot when he was maining a hunter. Forgot we're that you playing gems in, for and enchantments uh, in your gear. Yeah, Legends on Horsebacks. That was our old guild. <laughs> What's uh, no, not the name? It's ridiculous. There's new it's Legion uh, of Honor. LOH. <laughs> there's a new uh, uh, PvP system and a new community system. So like, you don't have to be in the same uh, realm anymore to be in groups with people. So like, you can be like, uh, like we could have a Lollygaggers guild, right? But then I could be in another raiding guild, and it would be just different communities, and we'd be able to communicate with each other just as well which I think is strange that they haven't implemented yet after 13 years. Uh, they're removing certain content. They're having, like, upright orcs. They're doing a visual upgrade to Blood Elves, which are the dumbest-looking characters anyways. Uh, new mounts for, like, there's a new mount for getting 350 mount. You get a, 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 a Frost Shard Core, which is, like, this big, giant, hulking core mount. Uh, for 400 mounts, you get a Fell... Talent, a frenzied fell town, which is like this giant uh, green fiery hawk. If you get, what is it, 400 toys, you get a thing called Brutus, which is I kind of want because my dog's name is Brutus, but I don't have anywhere close to 400 toys. I think uh, Wobbly does though. Uh, but Brutus is basically like a little toy dog. And then there's a new pet you can get for getting 800 pets, which is, these are ridiculous numbers if people can get those things. So, a lot of stuff to look forward to. The game comes out late August. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to playing a different playstyle because I've been in tank this entire, tank and a healer this entire uh, expansion. So to finally go to a, 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 a damage dealer is going to be fun. Um, I love the game. I've been playing it for 13 years. It's just a thing that I'm going to stick with. Um, sure. I just hope that there's going to be a little bit more character development with the reason why they decide to kill each other rather than I don't like them because that's kind of dumb because... Like, the biggest thing is, like, you've proven, like, 18 times now that if you work together, you can stop anything, and now you're going to try and kill each other. That type of stuff kind of annoys me. So, hopefully, they build on that a little bit better than what I've seen so far. So, who knows? Anyways, that's it for me. So. All right. 
I got one more thing I want to talk about, and then we can do the breakdown. Uh, I want to talk about a quick Kickstarter here. And by quick, I mean like a really big one that's making a ton of money right now. Uh, but it's called Cthulhu Death May Die. Uh, it's by Simon. So it's published by Simon Games. It's a, it's a board game. It's you a do big love old... your Lovecraftian stuff. I do guys say that. I do. Uh, I have a lot of them, though, because I have like some fantasy flight games. I got Mansions of Madness, which is a miniature. It's got miniatures in it, and that's more of a story driven, app driven game, which is amazing. It's one of my favorites. And then I've got Eldritch Horror, which I don't really play anymore, actually, because of Mansions of Madness, second edition. And then I've got Arkham Horror. So I might. I might have overdone it, but uh, I looked at this one, and I haven't really jumped in on a Simon Kickstarter in a while. And Simon Kickstarters are are events unto themselves. They usually last for about four weeks or so. All sorts of stretch goals, all sorts of new content, and they make a ton of money. And they're all pretty cool. There's all sorts of great miniatures. Um, they used to like Simon used to be cool mini or not, but now they're just Simon, and so they're all about miniatures. But the game itself is kind of drawn me in for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of them is because of the designers that are involved. It's got Rob Davio and Eric Lang, who are two like big time, big names in modern board game design. So Davio, Davio, he, he's worked on a ton of stuff, but like the, the Betrayal games and like Heroescape and Pandemic Legacy and Seafall. And then Lang, Eric Lang is uh, Arcadia Quest, Blood Rage. Um, and then like my favorite of his is The Others, which I think is an incredibly underrated game. And a lot of people are saying there's some similarities a little bit between that and this uh, this Cthulhu game. The Others was more of a 1v all type of game and this one's all fully cooperative. So I'm not really sure yet. Um, it's also got like artists I love, uh, including Adrian Smith, who did a bunch of Blood Rage art. Um, and he does like the monster art and then Carl Kapinski who does the investigator art and Carl Kapinski, he jumps in on some zombicide games that Simon does. Adrian Smith, I think is uh, blood rage and um, a couple others. I can't, I'm blanking right now off the top of my head, um, but like rising sun, I think he was involved in as well. So, so Cthulhu death may die is a, is a, it's a board game. It's cooperative. It's one to five players. It's 1920s. So it's kind of classic um, Cthulhu S time. Uh, so it's 1920s, there's, this, there's cults that are trying to summon one of the Elder Ones, um, and the investigators, the players, they're trying to to disrupt the actual summoning. Um, the Elder One will get it, will eventually get summoned, but it's more about kind of trying to weaken it so that you can kill it at the end. So the, so the, the game's kind of got like two acts to it, or two phases. There's like the opening act, and then there's the, which is like pre-summon, and then there's the after-summon. So... Um, you're doing things beforehand, you're doing things after, after, and like there's a slight variation to how the game's played, which is sort of interesting. Um, another thing I thought is kind of interesting, and it's pretty commonplace when it comes to these types of Cthulhu games, is that all investigators in like madness is a is a big is a big thing. Insanity is always a common theme when it comes to this type of this type of game. Um, and all the investigators begin the game like right off the bat with a madness of some kind. So like OCD, paranoia, pyromania, et cetera, and they all trigger and affect gameplay somehow. Now, there's some like modular modular design going on so like you can pick at the start of the game like you can decide well which elder one do you want to fight and then that that changes setup in some way and then which episode do you want to play and then those combinations dictate like how do you set up the map what mythos cards are in game um, what monsters are in game what encounters and stuff do you have etc so there's some variability with how you do it uh, the board the base game itself the core box like i, I assume the one that'll probably go to retail um, has two elder ones so it's got cthulhu um, and it's got haster who is also known as the king in yellow and the miniature of that is amazing um, but the stretch goals are going to be opening more like currently they're working on opening up dagon and knowing Simon, if it's like any, if it's like every other Simon Kickstarter, 
we're probably going to see options that you can maybe have some add-ons for possibly, or maybe if it does really well, maybe some extra Kickstarter, Kickstarter stretch goals might, might reveal some things. We'll see. Um, they're not promising anything. It's just me sort of speculating. Um, the core box has a bunch of different tiles for creating play maps. And then there's 10 investigators in the core box itself. And then I think the stretch goals have so far added 13. So that's all the different people that you can play with. And so there's like a huge range of people, like uh, from academics to adventurers to just sort of regular folk who just happen to be somehow touched by the mythos, the magic of, of Cthulhu in some way. Um, the, the campaign also has its work in progress rulebook up there, which is really nice. I started flipping through it. It's not finalized. Um, so it looks kind of interesting. Um, I have games that are similar to it, but I, I haven't really backed a major CMON Kickstarter in a while, and I'm thinking of jumping in on this one. Uh, the base pledge is 100 bucks, and that gives you the core, bo core box and stretch goals, which is pretty standard, honestly, for a CMON Kickstarter these days. Uh, the last one I almost looked at was Hate, which was 125 bucks, and so I ended up not backing that one. That was a different kind of game, so I might jump back in here. Um, there's also a $250 pledge which gives you a giant Cthulhu miniature. Like calling it a miniature at this point is silly. It's basically like a bus that you would put on a pedestal in a, like a hallway of some, you know, Bruce Wayne Manor or something like that. It's gigantic. I don't really want it, but if you do, good for you. Um, so that's, yeah. So anyway, that's Cthulhu Death May Die. It looks really interesting. If you're in the board game community, you probably already heard about this at some point. Um, Simon Kickstarters are interesting, um, often kind of, yeah, some people, they rub some people the wrong way because there's a lot of Kickstarter exclusives. So it, it kind of really plays on the whole idea of fear of missing out, like uh, FOMO. So it's like, you got to back it or you're going to miss these things. You're never going to get access to them. So all these Kickstarter, all these Kickstarter exclusives, like extra investigators or extra monsters or extra sculpts or something like that, um, you're not going to get them later. Uh, that doesn't really bother me anymore. I mean, I think when I originally first got into it, I kind of got caught up in that sometimes, but now I'm a little bit more cautious and I can kind of pick based upon my huge collection, like, do I want to really get in on this? And so I'm really thinking about it because I love a lot of the miniatures and um, I like the designers that are behind it. So it might be a game. Um, there's a couple weeks left on it, so uh, it's not anytime soon. It ends sometime, sometime, not this week, but next week. I think there's nine days left. Uh, so that would be like the 23rd of July. So anyway, Cthulhu Death May, Death May Die uh, is by Simon, and it's up on Kickstarter now. If you're interested, go, go take a look. All right, man, sounds good. All right, so now that I got that out, let's go talk about Cabin Boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the movie. Breakdown. <laughs> Cabin Boy is a 1994 comedy directed by Adam Resnick and written by both Resnick and Chris Elliott, who stars as Nathaniel Mayweather. At the start of the movie, Nathaniel is graduating from his fancy lad school and intending to head to Hawaii to work with his father. Nathaniel is hyperbolically rude and self-centered, and this behavior leads him to board the wrong ship. So instead of the luxurious Queen Catherine, he boards the Filthy Whore, where he is bullied and browbeaten by a crew of drunken and dirty fishermen, including Brian Doyle Murray and the dude who managed to clean the Indians in Major League, James Gammon. Now, Nathaniel convinces Andy Richter, the current cabin boy, to change the boat's course to Hawaii, but this accidentally sends them through Hell's Bucket, which is a kind of disturbingly magical and feared area of sea filled with shark men and ice giants and apparently Melora Walters trying to swim around the world going from Maryland to Maryland. 
And along the way, Nathaniel must learn to be more considerate if he wants to survive and if he wants to convince Walters' Trina to love him. So yeah, this is Cabin Boy. Justin picked this, so blame him. Uh, we're going to spoil the hell out of it because you're not going to go see it. Because if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to let you go see it because it's trash. So Justin, what'd you think of Cabin Boy? <laughs> this is one of I... our retro reviews, by the way. That's why we're doing this is Justin's pick. This I think this is pick. revenge for me giving him Ice Pirates, which is a good movie. Then he gives us this. Listen. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Listen. <laughs> Defend your movie. <laughs> I used to watch this all the time when I was a kid. I, I don't always... think you should admit that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be like a constant joke to me and my friends, Jonathan and Anthony, talking about Cabin Boy all the time. So I thought it might be good to go back and watch it again and see if it holds up. <laughs> Right and see if my. I love... don't think it held up in 1994. Right? I, well, for for oh well, t- 1994 would be eight year old Justin. All right, so that's okay. That's so can eight does eight ten year old Justin does he still have good taste? And I gotta say he's got exquisite tastes. You're uh, so full of crap. You know this movie's bad. Listen, you know this movie's bad. Listen, you the, the first me. okay, the first act of the movie. Is not good at all. It's just and the second boring. act of the movie is really not good either. And well, it's boring movie... and slow, and like it takes forever to get to where they want to go. There's a ton of actors in this movie. You got Andy, like sure. Andy, super young Andy Richter, David right. Letterman. You yes. got uh, Bill Murray's Ryan older brother. Doyle Murray. Yeah, like I, I mentioned during yeah. the, the summary, he's got uh, James Gammon, who's the dude who played Lou, the manager from Cleveland. Yeah, Indians, which I, I uh, love. Like your favorite movie of all time. And so that's Indians. why I love him, his character. It's got uh, what's his name, the dude from Blade Runner, yeah. who says, "Don't ask me about my mother," and then yeah. he, you know, kills the guy. Uh, or you want to know about my mother? I can't remember the line. But yeah, yeah so, and there's plenty of people in it. And Melora Walters is in it, and she's a pretty big name. Too. Yeah, and like there's so, like, all yeah. these huge actors in it, and it's just. Yeah, yeah, it's but Xanadu so, had bit actors in it too, and that was trash as well. It's so, so ridiculous. The second, okay, so first half of the movie, when he's getting, when he leaves the fancy, fancy lad uh, school and trying to find his way to, what was it, the Queen Catherine? The Queen Catherine in a limo. Listen, uh, which also yeah. trying to find the time of when this movie's supposed to take place. Uh, yeah, very right? amalgamous. So very amalgamous. Yeah. Amalgam. yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's like microwaves, but then it's like an old sea shanty type of thing. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, second uh, act of the movie, when they're out and about in the in the water, and they're like torturing him and stuff. Some of the stuff I enjoyed, because it just started getting ridiculous. It's almost like a Tim and Eric sketch was given for a whole a whole movie. Just like listening to you recant the plot of it started making me smile and laugh over here. I had myself muted so I could have you keep on going. But it's just it's so such bad. a ridiculously dumb movie. But it's like not in dumb in a good way. I know, you know? I agree like, with you. It's I just not. didn't find it funny. Like I watched it and I'm like But I like don't know if, did I laugh and I think I laughed maybe at the David Letterman scene just because I just David, David Letterman, Letterman I just see his face and I wanna laugh. You know, but like, but like there's a scene in the movie where he gets saved by a half shark, half man person. And I guess Right, jockey. Yeah, and I guess it kind of loves him. It's really weird, but like the set design and the set pieces are so hokey and stupid, it just made me smile. It, it's not yeah. that it was outwardly hilarious or funny, it's just that it's kind of like this is funny. Cute. 
type of thing. And like the ending with uh he goes and gets laid for the first time and it's with mm-hmm. uh I guess like Krishna or something like that, some type of god, some type of six armed god. A five armed woman, yeah. 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 And uh he it turns out like she was cheating on her giant husband. Right. And <laughs> The fun, that, okay, that was kind of funny. The yeah. whole he opened up a furniture store on the island. Yeah, <laughs> make any sense? So like, yeah. it's so stupid and absurd. And then like, he comes back. He's no longer a cabin boy. He's a cabin man. And, Dude, like, I used to say that phrase yeah. all the time when I was younger. Like, and when like, I return, okay, I'll be right back. And when I return, I shall be a cabin man. Yeah. And I hadn't even seen the movie. Like, I still yeah. remember. And it like, the immediately. Uh, the female lead like thinks he's just the most amazing person ever. Yeah, and it's just like it's like so... he yells at her in like a really mean way, and she's like, you know, normally if a man says that to me, he would be eating, you know, a knuckle sandwich. But when I hear it from you, I'm just so attracted. I'm like, oh, for it's crying. so that so like from the second act on, I just was smiling the whole time. Two reasons. First off. Uh, one reason was it was like the set pieces and stuff was charming to me. I thought it was like, like the idea that someone was able to green light this film and get set in the movie theaters. Like, how did that happen? Which is hilarious to me. Like the whole thing, Tim Burton is a producer. Yeah, right? that Tim yeah. Burton is a producer. Like <laughs> the fact that this movie came to be and ever exists, and that Chris Elliott ever convinced anybody to do this. When yeah. you're when you describe the synopsis is ridiculous, and I think it's great. And then the second reason why I smiled the whole time because I knew you were also watching it. So, right. <laughs> so there's some. Yeah, I watched it while I was while I was painting my uh, my <laughs> my dwarven forest yeah. terrain. <laughs> I don't blame you, but I think the bigger part to me why I think it's so funny and good is beyond the film of it's more like. How did this happen? How did someone invest money into this? You are full of crap right now. No, like, I'm seriously. Being honest. This is what. Oh my god! I think that's a hilarious part this of into the review. Okay, yeah. so let me give you some numbers. The budget on this movie was ten million dollars. That's a How lot of money. It, no, it's not. How? That's a very small budget. How much do you think it made at the box office? I would guess seven million. It made three point seven million dollars at the box office. <laughs> it had is, only someone had to have been fired million. so badly over this, and it made three point seven million. Listen, I love bad movies. I do. I love movies that are intentionally hokey. We're gonna talk like, about one later too. And like, but I watched this movie, and and don't get me wrong, there are moments when I laugh. I'm not gonna lie. Like there are moments when it was chuckle worthy here and there. But overall, it was just kind of an annoying movie. Like. There, the the parts that you we've mentioned, okay, the shark man was kind of weird, and that was kind of funny. And I definitely love, I definitely love the giant comes back, and he's just like, no wife of mine was gonna work, <laughs> like like all sorts of stupid stereotypical jokes, right? But like some things like were weird, like when when he gets so he gets put on like a little raft, <laughs> and they're telling him that he's got to do like the lookout thing. I was like, what is it? Like a like hundred feet or so of rope? It's and two like, miles of rope. Two miles, right? <laughs> That's two miles. I thought that was great. Like, and then it's so ridiculous. He's losing his mind because he's drinking seawater and he's rubbing cooking oil on himself. And then this thing starts talking to him. 
And I didn't know until later in the movie when he says, I was getting, you know, I was being spoken to by a cupcake. I'm like, I had no idea it was a cupcake. Like, I'm like, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, what is this thing supposed to be? And apparently it's a talking cupcake. Like, it doesn't look anything like that's, a cupcake. That's chewing tobacco. If, I, if I ever ate a cupcake, if I ever saw a cupcake, then I would probably never eat a cupcake again because it would traumatize me. That's the it's ugliest the looking cupcake I've ever seen. It's the most absurd movie. It's, it's not the most absurd movie. Insane. That is a stupid statement. It's so it's weird. Fast. It's, it's weird. So weird. It's weird. It's it's not good though. Like, let's be honest. I won't like, disagree with that. It's not good. This but... is not a good movie, and like, it's not a movie. I think people. I it, it's not a movie. I would ever say, oh my man, you, you got to see this one. You know, it's not like to me, like when I think of kind of the cheeky hokey movies that I love from the '80s, right? So when I think of things like, uh, you know, Big Trouble in Little China, like that's a movie I think people should go see. This one, like. I did, like no, you're fine. Your life will be totally fine without having seen Cabin Boy. Like you'll be okay. But it's still it's so weird that this movie is still somewhat like in the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? No, like, it's not. It well, is like, not in the zeitgeist. Cabin Boy into a Cabin Man. People say that all the time. I, I've, they do. Just been they say us. this all the time. People well, like around been us. I've I've heard other people say that type of stuff and like in know what it is. You're so full of crap. It's just it's interesting that this <laughs> garbage film. Has mm-hmm. somewhat of like, I I'm not I wouldn't say following, but like has some no. type of the rhetorical gymnastics that you're doing right now. I don't know. To justify Listen, I I enjoyed watching it. I will say that it's just so... I enjoyed painting my dwarven forged ring. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> I loved it so much, but like. Uh. Man. I'm good not watching it for another two decades. I'll say that. It's, but it's not I a good movie. It's a movie I watch every every two decades, and that's what's got to okay. be. <laughs> I don't think it's a good movie. Listen, like I'm not again. I said there are a couple moments here and there. Like the other one of the other things I like is that like she swims, and he rides on her back like that's she's a jet ski. So. <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> it's just so it's dumb. It's so stupid. It's I love that part. Like the closing scene of the movie is him swim, is him going back to the boat, chasing <laughs> the boat on the yeah. back of her, like she's some type of ski do or boat. It's so, yeah. it's so stupid. It's so funny. I, I I'm sorry. It's 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 a it's a bad movie, but I'm sorry. I think it's, it's just. Bad. It's such a bad movie. There's, there's, I'm trying to think of like I don't know, like the floating cupcake that spits tobacco would have been great if I knew it was a it was a uh, an actual it's tobacco. Just, it's such a weird movie, but I I love so many dumb parts about it. The whole the whole conversation between the the guy who was like, "You told me you weren't gonna be seducing any sailors anymore." Oh, like when Callie tells yeah. tells him, yeah, yeah. Is like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have this when he goes. I should have known this was gonna happen. I opened up a furniture store in in Hell's Crater. This is what happens, and it's just like it's so stupid. But like it's like and an that, that honest actor, conversation. That actor is like is in you know he's like one of those actors that shows up in various like Italian mobster. Yeah, movies. he was in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. He was like the hitman yeah. from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, his name's Mike Starr. But uh, like you would like I'm not sure if you'd recognize the name, but if you if you saw his face, you'd totally recognize him. Like you you would absolutely recognize him. So. And like he's stabbing him with a pen, yeah. And then he chokes him with his own him belt, <laughs> with a belt, which makes no sense because he's like a giant, which is ridiculous. It's so and stupid. Jockey comes to help, and it's just and like 
they have like him with jackie like he's holding him in his arm and there's like a weird little animatronic jackie when he's like fighting him it's so weird i i'm sorry man but i i I think i love this movie i think i I love this movie I think you're crazy. I don't think this movie is very good. I think this movie is. I don't think pales, it's good, but it doesn't. Mean I think I don't it pales it. in comparison to other movies of the same type, like of the same kind of silly, goofy stuff. Like when I think of this movie, like Billy in, Madison or something like in that, in the, the absurdity of things, like I do not put this even remotely close to them. Like I just can't. Like it's like it's a bad movie because the story's not particularly good. And like it makes no sense. The lead like, is there or, a story to this movie? I don't know if there is a story to this movie. He, yeah, man, it's him learning not to be such a self-centered and rude person because he gets rid of apparently his feminine side because by having sex with Callie, that apparently made him into <laughs> whatever. And then he a immediately has man. to go. Then he immediately has to go and like I will now show you what I learned today. Hopefully, you not having five arms will throw me off. Uh, so. I don't know, man. It's just it was a like apparently Tim Burton was originally going to direct this. Okay, I have no idea if it would have been better if if you know Tim Burton would you know ended up directing. There would have been a lot more like uh, black set design. Yeah, and Helena Bonham Carter would have been in here somewhere. She probably you know so no, but uh, like I I don't know like but it's just like i think he went and what did he go to direct i think he it was like mike wood when i was looking no not mike wood what am i talking about uh ed, ed wood, wood that's it um so i think that was the one he went to go to direct instead but like he could have made know. a bad decision then he chose the wrong movie who that. knows i just i don't know i can't put this in the pantheon of like goofy weird gems from like previous generations like i just i can't i can't, I can't either but still i i it was worth my time today. I got to That's fine. I mean, like you, you are way more personally connected to it than I am because I never really had a big connection to it and that's fine. But like me, I was just like, whatever, like I'm painting stuff. That's fine. Like I was going to keep painting these walls and floors. So is this a, is this a, a recommendation then? Are you saying yes, go see cabin boy? I no, I, I, I think this is a, I, there are so many other bad, goofy, silly, funny movies that are kind of ironically funny that i would recommend over cabin boy like they're just a ton like and i would only yeah. suggest to see this movie if you saw it when you were eight years old that's what i would yeah. say so okay. if you're in the that's same fair. same demographic as me and you saw mm-hmm. it when you were a child and you want to watch it again and realize oh i had too many pixie sticks when i was a little kid then this mm-hmm. this is definitely the movie for you to go watch so that's how that's my suggestion for it so yeah that, okay that, that's it all right. Uh, and so, yeah, that's it for Cabin Boy. We are kind of tweaking our formula here. And so we're going to head over next and do some uh, gentlemen's challenges, I think. And now it's time for the gentleman's challenge. All right, so the Gentleman's Challenge is one of the segments we do here on the Lollygaggers podcast. Uh, what we do is Justin and I assign the other something to watch, something to play over the course of the next week. Uh, usually something that's a little bit weird or off the beaten path that might make the other kind of go crazy. And every now and then we actually recommend something nice and fun. Uh, and then to ensure that we completed our homework on the very next episode, we quiz each other about it. Uh, we should also give you a, a very important spoiler warning here. Anything that we do gentlemen's challenges on, it's a, it is a spoiler zone. So we are going to spoil the heck out of this kind of stuff. 
Uh, so that's that. Justin's going to go ahead and start us off this week. Justin, what was your homework? So my show was Dead Set. Yeah, it, it is was. a 2008, uh, yeah. I guess it's a dramedy, kind of? Sure, sure. It's under comedy, drama, and horror in IMDb, so it's weird. Um, mm. Anyways... It is directed definitely by horror. Like I put yeah, horror as part of it. Definitely, sure. there's definitely horror. It's directed yeah. by Jan, I guess Dominga, and then written by Charlie uh, Baller. Uh, so well, Charlie Brooker created it, uh, and then yeah, I can't remember who directed all the stuff. I'm not sure if every, I'm not sure if it's the same director every episode or not though. It might yeah, it's probably different every time. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, the uh, synopsis of the movie is, or the TV show is basically during a fictional series of Big Brother, a zombie outbreak yeah. occurs. Big the Brother, house... the the reality television yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, uh, But the housemates are unaware of the impending doom outside of the Big Brother house. So basically, there there's like um, an outbreak. And the zombies we're talking about here are like speed rage zombies, not your slow. Right. Uh, which I always have a problem with. Uh, personally, because if the there's zombies, they, no, I have a problem with fast ones. Like, if it's a rage virus, they're fast. If it's a zombie mm. and they're dead, they're not gonna move fast. Like, I don't. They're I don't not know. dead. They're undead. Yeah, but still, if they're if they're like impeded through, are you are you trying to yes to actually argue the Absolutely. scientific validity of fast I don't like fast zombies. Zombies. I don't like fast okay. zombies. But if it, so, that's that's probably my only real criticism of the show. Um, <laughs> okay. Basically, uh, show's awesome, by the way, right? So good. It's it's good. Um, it's so good, dude. The idea is it's Big Brother, and at this, and it's in the UK. And Big Brother in the UK is like huge. It's like enormous in the UK. And Didn't we kind of inherit a lot of our reality shows, like yeah. Survivor and Big Brother? Well, I think stuff Survivor and... was American made. Was it? But Big Brother know. was definitely UK based, like an American know, it, Idol too. Didn't wasn't that based off of like a? Uh, I think that was UK. But like, I know that because you know how Survivor was so huge here in like the early two thousands and like the late nineteen nineties. That's how right. big Big Brother was in the UK. So Big Brother was like their Survivor. Like I watched Survivor every night. It was on with my parents. It was on like two nights a week. We would watch it all the time when, like, the first season came out. Yeah, my dad loved I it. We watched it all the time. Not. I did not watch, but like Big Survivor. Brother was huge mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. in UK. So like, I did watch uh, the Real World and Road Rules on MTV in the nineties. I, I did that too. That was good. I did. I so that was which I feel don't get enough credit for like ushering in the reality. That's TV. what they're the ones that did it. I did a quick research, by the way. Uh, apparently, Survivor is based off of a Swedish television series called Expedition Robinson that was created by Charlie Parsons, and it premiered in '97. Oh, okay. So, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were both wrong. All right, continue. So, anyways, during like, uh, like there's an eviction ceremony every week, kind of like they're voting someone off the island type of thing, and they were just they're voting these three uh, three people on the chopping block to get out of the house. It was Pippa. Uh, Grayson and I don't know the jockey guy's name. I forget what his name is. It was there for the up on the chopping block. Pippa's like this Scottish girl. Um, Patrick was he the one? I can't remember. Let me look real quick. I don't even know what his name was. Even looking at, yeah, I think it's Patrick. But uh, so mm. 
they're all up on the chopping block and like you have like all your different demographics because that's kind of what they do for these big brother shows you have your uh buxom blonde you have your uh, sassy black woman you have your grumpy old man who was played by the guy who was in uh hot fuzz uh he's like one of the officers in hot fuzz that Talks about is he the uh, my perfect Sunday? Yeah, that's the, is, yeah, he's that, that guy. guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, you have like your big jockey guy, your flamboyant uh, homosexual. You have uh, the the dumb one. I guess they were saying that the the Scottish woman or the Irish woman was just dumb as rocks, and she proves it over time. She's pretty dumb. Uh, and uh, so basically, as they're going through their ceremony. There's a big watch party outside, and they do that every week for these ceremonies, and it gets really big over in the UK. And during the watch party, there's an outbreak, and people get bit, and all stuff happens. Um, they kind of transported their own accent because they're bringing like family members over to to greet them as if they get evicted out. And um, as they kind of accidentally transport one of the zombies there, the whole facility gets infested, and a bunch of people die. And then there's like a program director who's just a complete piece of garbage. They do. They, they try and really drive that home. guy. Yeah. That guy was, was his mustache. Wonderful. They do the best they can to drive him home. He's a womanizer. He's uh, a drunk. He's fat. Yeah. He's he choose he choose yeah. Nicorette gum. Nicorette gum sacrifices uh, a dude in a handicap to a handle, zombie. Yeah, handlebar mustache. He, he throws a guy so in a wheelchair away. at a zombie. <laughs> so good like that's so that's good. like okay we get it he's not I a good guy it. yeah um, i was rooting for him right away like, uh so the there's thing. that and like basically there, it's an invasion and one of the i guess she's like um she's a gopher i guess she's something uh, like that yeah and yeah. she's uh she i guess escapes by going into the house and she alerts everybody that there's this outbreak that happens um, the first episode is about an hour long. The second episode, after that, they're all 30 minutes. So the second episode, uh, mm. she shows them what happens, and she says, we need to get some supplies because uh, one of the zombies get in, bites the uh, uh, sassy black woman, and uh, they need to go get some supplies for her so she doesn't die. Uh, meanwhile, her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend is is traveling with another woman, and they get into a house. Who is Riz, Riz Ahmed, right? That's who that is? I, I don't let me see here. Pretty sure he's like in everything these days. Like he, he's he's awesome. But yeah, yeah, Riz Ahmed. I, I saw him. What, I'm like, what? I don't know what yeah, he's yeah. been in though. He's been in a lot of things. So should hit his IMDb page. Oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh, he was the uh, pilot yeah. in Rogue there One. You there you go. There it's you a pilot go. in Rogue One. And they just he just did the Night of on HBO last yeah. year, which is really 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 good. Yeah. So it's. It's a good show. It's I think it's they they do uh, do they do job. a good job of 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 setting up this situation. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. the only problem is it, I've, I'm tired of zombies. That's it. Um, sure. If if I hadn't uh, experienced zombie fatigue, right? Because it was just zombies for like a decade. And I know I'm saying this as a Marvel fan. I get the hypocrisy of what I'm saying right now. However. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's really nothing in this that's any different or new or unique thing. But then um, it did also come there out. There is a reality television show. Yeah, that but they go away from that really fast. 
I know it's still the premise. It's still I know. pretty interesting. It's still kind of new. Which is good, but I, I, I wish there was like more time where they didn't realize that stuff was happening. Where they that could, I do agree with you. Yeah, they I could totally integrate the show some more with it and make it more of a set piece to what's going on. Because hmm. um, I think that's, that's a good piece of opportunity that they kind of left out there to kind of like have a unique type of idea or show. But like, because it goes... The first episode is yeah, it's it's a Big Brother, interesting. But then right after that, it's almost like Walking Dead. Like at that point on, it's just survive and get away. I don't think it's like Walking Dead. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's 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 not like Walking Dead. Um, Walking Dead is a sadness I would say with factor. Zombies, by the way, like I am not. I don't. I would say I don't have zombie fatigue. I think it is sort of. Um, I think it it's it's sort of trendy to say we have zombie fatigue, but I have Walking Dead fatigue. Yeah, um, that, that I don't really, so much have zombie fatigue as I do have Walking. Walking Dead really drove it hard into the ground. Like, mm-hmm. if if you're gonna do a zombie show now or some type of like post-apocalyptic thing for me now, it's gotta really separate itself from the pack of being unique. Mm-hmm. This I think could have with that set piece, but then they just went back to the normal tropes. You know what I mean? So like, if if they would have stuck with, I don't know how you could have done it. But, like, it's a good idea to start off, like, what if the world outside of this small contained zone changed and they didn't know? You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting type of idea. I also but... think it would kind of not work if yeah. you're saying modern day when we have cell phones. And yeah. Internet. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, one of the things that always frustrates me sometimes, I think about, um, that's a weird statement, uh, about, like, zombie shows. And this is one of the things that always frustrates me about Walking Dead is that the idea of, like, the zombie apocalypse like we're we're really good at showing you like the immediate and then like a couple months later, but like we're always trouble. Like we don't really spend a whole lot of time with kind of the intermediate, like the days after when it's really starting to where things really break down. Like I wish we spent more time on that because it happened. I remember like Walking Dead when it actually premiered as a comic, and then I remember yeah, it's um, a big time jump. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Oh, we were just talking about the Danny Boyle one, twenty eight days later, and like they yeah. they did the whole coma. And the thing, rain right? too. The rain does the same right. thing too. So, like, you know, I always kind of like, ah, I kind of would have liked to have seen, like, the actual process of the fall where, like, a government is still kind of there or, like, people are still trying to hang on or whatever. And then that would have been nice. So, I totally they, I agree. Guess they like, tried I they doing that with the other Walking Dead show, but the first no, Walking Dead ruined the, it and I didn't care. Yeah. Like, they did – Fear of the Walking Dead, the first season, they did the whole, like, police state. Because I actually watched the first season and then, like, two episodes of the second. And I, I just checked out. But, like, I, I think they left it too fast like to me i kind of wanted them to stick with it a little bit longer but yeah they did the police state essentially where they had the army come into their neighborhood but anyway we're getting off topic so are you ready for your uh you ready for your quiz let me just say i enjoyed the show (laughs) i enjoyed it i did and i also like that they're 30 minutes long like i think hour-long zombie dramedies because it's it's funny but it's not really funny like the funny part is like the 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 main producer is a giant jerk and like having to deal with his ridiculousness and then some of the different situations they're put in but it's not like slapsticky stuff but like it's a good show it's just my only thing is i really wish they could have done something to bend more to make the set piece what it was and that you know kind of separate itself from just oh we got to get out of this stink situation that's all it is so i enjoyed it so I don't think that I I, I disliked it. That's all. No, it's say. fine. Like you, you, yeah. No, you've said you. you but I am ready for these quiz well. questions, right? All right. right. 
Question number one. What book was the, well, the one woman reading and recommending at the friends and family backstage gathering? There was a book that oh. she recommended to other people. It's hilarious. Correct me up. It was the sassy black woman's like sister or something. Sure. And it was like life of Aphrodite or something like that. That isn't correct. It was the power uh, of Kabbalah. Oh man. Uh, okay. So that's I knew it was one. something weird. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of shoes does this smart older guy? So Joplin in the house wear. Kind of shoes does he wear? Like what's his what's his shoes going on? Yeah, what's going on? Were they? Oh, I'm really trying to think. I know we we're going to be talking about shoes. Come on, dude, this stuff's hilarious, man. The questions I'm asking is it's good stuff. Shoes good he's stuff. wearing. It's good radio. Was he yep. wearing kind of uh, uh, socks shoes. and sandals? That, he's wearing? that is correct. Ah, that is correct. All right, there but you're go. missing one important detail. What color socks? They're white? Oh, you went the wrong way. It was black socks. You'll get half credit. You'll get right. half credit. Yeah, 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 half credit is worth it. Okay, I'm all right. It's good. It's good. It's good. Good. All right. Justin, how do Central's girls do it? Central's girls do it? Yeah, how do Central's girls do it? This is on uh, a poster uh, in the first episode. Uh. Oh, I saw How one. I saw one. I saw one it. poster, but I don't think that it was called Joplin Gollum. It was pretty funny too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget. I don't remember that one, but I do uh, remember in the second episode. There's another poster with a word I shouldn't say on this. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know the word. That's also in episode one too. All right. Um, it is. How do Central's girls do it? In vans. Correct answer. I don't even remember that one. It was there. I I paused and I I really did think I saw the Gollum one. I was like, he might ask about that one. Okay. I I remember seeing that one. Point five thus far. And final question, Justin, a little more open ended here. Uh, Who would you have voted off the Big Brother show at the start of the series and why? And you can choose from all of the available cast members at the start of episode one. Um. Mm. I would say mm-hmm. uh, Joplin because he's the least in- entertaining out of all of them. He's just a cranky old man. Like, what does he bring to the party? Like all the other ones, you you got to keep in Grayson and uh, the jockey guy because there's tension there, right? That that leads to good TV. So you leave those two in. You leave in the buxom blonde because that's also with her relationship with the guy. That's good TV. Uh, can't get rid of your only black person on the show, so that person's got to stay. And mm-hmm. uh, the Irish woman again, and that and that particular show is a de- is a is a demographic, right? You got to get rid of the crusty old white guy. He's the least interesting out of all of them. So I'd say get rid of get rid of Joplin. I'm sorry, Justin. That's an incorrect answer. Um, you're speaking to a crusty old white dude oh, who's cranky so about everything. So, I'm so like, sorry. you just you totally forgot who you're having this conversation with. That that is the incorrect answer. Well, my bad. Uh, the sorry. correct the correct answer. You should have uh, you should have voted out off Marky, uh, who is uh, who is kind of like the the fraternity type guy. That's that's the one you. you I 
Nah, you got to keep him yeah. in there. He's he's too he's much homophobic and rude. Yeah, but he's too he really much. Wasn't that's particularly helpful for me. Yeah. He's bringing in ratings because the the tension that he causes. Sure, I'm thinking. Sure. I guess I'm thinking for ratings. You're thinking more for for moralistic values. I understand. I get it. So mm-hmm. exactly, like this is about you as a person. I'm trying to earn money here. I'm trying to earn money. I, it's all you're not the producer. You're just. A, you're just. You got to get rid of that guy. So that's I incorrect. I, must, I really identify with you, that line. You producer. really did a poor. I enjoyed the show and I watched it. I just that's 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 pretty low for you. That's about average score though, I think. (laughs) All right. So let's shift over my turn. Justin assigned me the movie Forbidden World. Uh, not to be confused with Forbidden Planet. Uh, with Leslie Nielsen. So Forbidden World was produced by Roger Corman and it was directed by Alan Holtzman. Now you might recognize Alan Holtzman from some of his other work, primarily probably the work he's best known for, which is Grunt, the wrestling movie. I'm sure that's that's probably where people know him from. Everybody knows uh, Grunt. Everybody yeah, knows sure. Grunt. Absolutely. I have posters. Uh, it stars Jesse Vint as Mike, uh, who is kind of like a galactic investigator who is sent to the desert planet of Zarbia to look into whatever the hell's going on with Subject 20. Do you uh, love galaxy- all the ridiculous names they gave everything? Just like yeah. ridiculous, like Dorp Blob and Dorp Doop. It's just, just so good. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's so many things I liked about this movie, but there's also stuff that really made me cringe. Uh, so they're investigating what the hell's going on with Subject 20. I'll get into that later. Uh, so the galaxy is suffering a food shortage currently, and the researchers that are on Zarbia are doing some sort of experiments, some sort of genetic experiments, to try to figure out a way to end it, right? And as we would expect subject 20 is the focal point of their of their research and it gets loose and it starts killing people and that's what mike is sent to investigate uh now the big secret in all of this is that the scientists uh they genetically created this creature and they used human dna uh, and now the process is that the subject 20 injects what's called proto b dna strand into its victim and that then removes genetic differences from that victim, which basically turns a human being into like this goo, and that allows subject twenty to feed on it. So it's kind of creating this this it's it's coded or at least sort of designed to create food, but it kind of goes awry, right? By the it way, do you like how people. they explain that? He goes, "Here, I have an informative video for you," which he could <laughs> very easily just told him in his own words because it was just him right. speaking in the video. The same know, way he would have first. So it's like, so it's like, Justin, can you explain to me this comic? Sure. <laughs> Let me show you this video. And, and you just read it to me? You just, you just... <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm standing next to the TV like, it's a pretty good video, right? It's pretty... <laughs> I did that. I want all by myself. Yeah, this is good. This is the lighting. You like the lighting in here? Yeah. Let's do check the, the volume levels. All right. So, the other big secret is that the process for creating that creature was pretty crazy and probably unethical. Uh, so it involved injecting the head scientist with some of the proto B stuff, and he then impregnated another female scientist named Anna, who they mentioned a couple times, uh, who gave birth within like two weeks uh, and then died. Uh, and so they, that that's kind of kind of going on. Um, so what happens is what you'd expect to happen. Um, the subject twenty, the actual monster that often just looks like a stuffed animal, uh, starts killing people. Some of the some of the scientists, like uh, the main female, the main female scientist's names I can't remember. Uh, she is she tries to like uh, assist with it. 
or excuse me, not assist. She tries to communicate with it. That was Tracy. I think that was her name. Uh, she tries to communicate with it. That doesn't go well for her at all. Uh, and then eventually one of the doctors, Cal, he had cancer. And so he took some of his cancer cells and he like, well, not so much took his cancer cells. Mike actually did some surgery and pulled out his tumor uh, and fed the tumor to the dude, to the subject and that killed him. Uh, so that's basically what happened. Uh, so that's the whole story. Now, I found, I did some little research and I found some interesting bits of information. I'd love to hear uh, some information about this. So movie. apparently- Because I'm pretty is, sure it was originally supposed to be a pornography movie. So. I'm pretty, there's some moments where it basically feels like soft porn because like Mike arrives and like an hour later, he's already having sex with a woman who just was just like, hey, we don't get a whole lot of people here. So come have sex with me. And so they do. And the sex scene is so freaking weird because it keeps interspersing with like the, the security guy who's watching stuff on camera. And he's just watching them on camera from the security wing. And he's playing with some sort of weird children's toy, some sort of like string thing. I don't know what the heck it was. And there's weird music going on. And then he, then he goes and he dies. Um, and so that's really creepy. So anyway, before I get into like the review, I just want to go through some fun facts. So apparently this, this movie was released under two different names, uh, or two other names, I should say. Mutant was one of its other names in Subject 20. Uh, so if you don't necessarily recognize Forbidden World, but you recognize one of those other two, maybe you've seen this movie before. I have in fact seen this movie. Uh, many of the scenes were very familiar to me. Uh, I watched it as like a, like a 10 year old or something like that. Um, what? But it was, yeah, I did. I, I watched a lot of movies with my with my next door neighbor who had a, yeah, I, I went over this before. But anyway, in 1991, this was remade under the name Dead Space. All, Roger Corman also was a producer on it. And it was with Mark Singer, who's the Beastmaster, and Brian Cranston. What? Brian Cranston. Yep. 1991, Dead, Dead Space. I feel like we know... Right now, we know what our next retro review is. Done. Dead Space. We're have to We're watch Dead, Dead Space. Space. That is our next retro Beast review. Beastmaster and Brian Cranston. Two weeks from now, who knows? Yeah. So I don't see how. Do it you be think bad. that the video game Dead Space pulls from this? Uh, I don't think so. Dead Space is not the most original title in the world, so I don't know. Um, okay, so let me get to the review. Uh, what I think of it, I think it's creepy as hell, and it's uh, creepy not in a I'm scared of the monster type of way, but like. It's just, there's, there's, okay, I'm not opposed to nudity, I'm not a prude, I have no problem with nudity, I have no problem with sex scenes, I have no problem with weird stuff, but there are some scenes in this one, like, the two women shower together at one point, for like, no particular reason whatsoever, and they're just sitting there talking, and they're like, they're theorizing maybe we could communicate with the creature, and it's just like the most bizarre thing in the world. There's a scene where one of the female characters, uh, one of the women, uh, she, what she basically does is, God, what the heck was her name? I can't remember what the, the Tracy was one, and then I can't remember, was Barbara? I think there was Barbara. Yeah, Dr. Glazer, that was Barbara. That was June Chadwick. And then Don Dunlap was Tracy. So Tracy, after her boyfriend gets killed by this thing, okay? So killed by this this Subject 20 thing. And she finds his body. She found a body. And she finds has the a body. a hole in it, a hole in his head. Basically. Yeah, his head just got, and he's living briefly and then eventually dies. After he dies, she has to go, she goes back to her, her bunk or whatever, her room. And while there, like after, she decides to put on like a, basically a baby doll robe, right? Which barely <laughs> covers her ass. And then she walks. Listen, she looks, the, she looks great in it. She looks fantastic. All the way across, she decides while this 
creature is wandering around loose and just killed her boyfriend. She decides to wander all the way across the dang the dang lab, the sign, the station itself, right? In her little baby doll terry baby doll terry cloth robe with sunglasses on, inside of a freaking scientific research station, all while this thing's going, just as so you can lay naked in a sauna. And then eventually, when the main guy, Mike, comes in to check on her, like, kind of starts making out with him in a way. And he had just come from having sex with the other uh, with the other woman, Dr. Glazer. There like, is an uncomfortable amount of nudity in this movie. Like It's not even the quantity. It's just, like, the rationale or yeah, the logic for why this would be happening very, right like, now. Like, the scientist woman has sex with the guy literally... <laughs> seconds seconds they after met. they found the boy they're like hey and he's not like a particularly great looking individual yeah. he's not a particularly charming he's like, he, it looks like his name would be uncle she steve doesn't really know if he's any intelligent intelligent so there's like it's just she just me must be really desperate because like having sex with all the other ones would have been awful so like it was just yeah it was like kind of uncomfortable it, like there are times where it felt like soft porn like it felt like this was a little bit it of, almost like, had the porn. beats of it where it was like yeah. 10 minutes of exposition nudity right. 10 <laughs> right. minutes of exposition nudity it's like right. almost like a softcore porn and then of course the way dr glazer dies is like horrifying so barbara dr glazer she's trying to communicate with this thing through the computer and one of its tentacles comes down and guess where the tentacle goes up and then she's like burst in halves you know and so like it's just like what the hell man come on what man can give about this uh, movie though is the special effects are very good actually and some of the camera effects are very good and okay so there surprising. was are you talking about the whole camera from inside the throat of the monster where we can see it chomping you know well are you like, talking about that that scene well like the the beginning scene where he's going where he's going through his spaceship and it's like tracking through the spaceship with them i thought it was looked really really mm. good and there's some yeah, stuff he's got like, a robot friend named sam too that has a kid's voice which is really weird that has a kid's voice which just just really annoys the hell out of me yeah and yeah. but like the special effects were really good like they're gross and sickening which i, I don't was think they were great i honestly don't think they were great like they're like they're i think the bodies were good I think the stuff that they did on like the corpses and stuff like that, that was really good. I don't think the monster effects were particularly good. And I think some of the shots of the monster were silly. They they reminded some of the shots of the monster reminds me of those crazy arm inflated inflatable balloon guys that they use at like car sales lots, you know? Like that's what he reminded me of. Like they were just like taped from one side to the next. It looked kind of weird. But I definitely agree that I thought the work on like the actual corpses were was really nice. The blood was like super bright, like cherry red too, which is kind of alarming. Um, other things I liked about it is I like the music. Uh, it had like the synth wave electronica stuff going on and that I love that kind of crap. So I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. So whoever ran the music, uh, that was pretty cool. Overall, like it was an interesting movie. It definitely, I don't want to say rips off, but you can, you can certainly see elements of like alien in it for sure. And the um, thing too. I see a lot and the of the thing. thing and the thing to some degree, I, meh, meh. Not as much as Alien. I think Alien even more than because like I was waiting for that thing that was almost looked like a face hugger to become a face hugger. So, uh, but overall, like it's okay. Like it's good. It's definitely got some weird kind of exploitive stuff going on in in my opinion. And I always I feel like that know. director really wanted to see those women naked, and that's what it all really comes down to. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that I don't know. Like maybe, but it's just. I mean, they look great. I, I gotta give them that. They look fantastic. 
anyway, that's Forbidden World. Uh, sure. Go. See? I don't know. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you feel like watching Are you ready for your quiz questions, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Let's all right. Go. So first question, you almost you almost got it. I want to make sure you get it on the, all the way. It says, so what is the objective of the genetic research facility? What's what were they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? Well, like ultimately, they're trying to stop the food shortage. That's what they want to do. Like that's their ultimate goal. Is like they there's there's a food shortage problem, so they're trying to do something that kind of creates it so that they don't have that food shortage anymore. Yeah. Like, so I, their, I just, they're just trying to create an extremely abundant food resource. So I'll give it to you straight. Yeah. Um. Next question is. What is the best part about the sex scene? What is the best part during mm-hmm. the entire awkwardly strange? He was also wearing like a mankini during the sex scene. Yeah, and so, he has like really weird wounds. Yeah, they like, talking about. <laughs> it's like he's got like a like a long nipple in the middle of his chest. It's really weird. Like there's a part where it had like a really bruised abdomen, and then there's other parts where it looks like he like rubbed Crisco all over his body, and there were some chunks <laughs> that were left over. Like so, so really not sure. During that <laughs> extremely erotic sex scene, what was the best part about it? My favorite part was when they kept rapidly switching back and forth with the security guy who was playing with his little string toy or whatever. And at one point, like they just start zooming in on his face and it's just like an extreme close up on the security guy's face who's watching them have sex. And so I just thought, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, this is now I was uncomfortable to begin with. I'm even more uncomfortable now. So thank you. Usually I would agree with you. That's a very valid point. However, the best part of the scene was the sexy space saxophone that the black guy was playing during the sex scene. <laughs> That's right. It was <laughs> the best part. I totally forgot he's about playing that. Like that is a, the best part. I he's totally playing agree. like a space saxophone. I 100% agree. With that, totally I'm like, right. what? What is, what is yeah. this? <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so good. You're right. So, How did I forget it? Oh, I would man. go with pervert eyes, absolutely. No, However, no, you're right. Space saxophone you. made of glass absolutely. or plastic. Clearly the winner there. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't so, even like a pretty attractive looking like, saxophone. It was like a recorder. It's yeah, like something so, you get in elementary school or something. Yeah. All right, so I'm sorry you don't get that point. No, no, no. It's fair. It's totally fair. Next question. How early in the film was the first set of boobs? Oh, super early, like right off the bat, like right off the credits, because, okay, so one of the weird things about this movie is that there are these two montage scenes, like this collage of just shots um, of the stuff that happens in the movie. And one of them happens really early on because he's Mike's like in stasis or something at the movie. And it it was almost like he was having dream sequences. So I thought we were going to do one of those like, um, like it starts at a different time then we flash back type of stuff. So within a within the first like minute it was there because like it, he we we saw them rapidly flash through like that little scene so it goes right through the entire that. it goes through the entire movie so the entire the movie and then they movie. do the same thing at the very end of the movie so yeah. i'm like were you just do we just it was like a short runtime and you is it kind something of that it it's like longer? an effect you've been working on and want to practice it yeah. more so it was right off the bat yeah it was so right you're pretty close i'll have to give it to you it's at a minute 30. Well, movie. I'm not going to give you the exact. Yeah. You're 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 pretty yeah. damn close though, so okay. that's yeah. that's 100. Yeah, a minute and 30 seconds into the movie, you see a right. pair of boobs. And I'm like, all right, that's how mm-hmm. this movie's gonna be. To me, it felt like he was writing an essay and like that montage with his thesis <laughs> statement, and it predicted the entire movie. Right. Thanks, all right. So. Last behind-the-scenes curtain of what I do for a living. Yeah. Between the robot kid, okay. the uh, Sam 104. The white, uh, the blonde-haired scientist woman, uh, uh, Doctor Barbara Glazer. Yeah, the lead 
and uh, the other female actress. Uh, Don Dunlop, who played Tracy Baxter. My question is, great acting or or greatest (laughs) acting? That's my question. Greatest acting. Listen, especially the women. Like who? Oh I mean, my God! Clearly, are being like, like they are be. Oh God! Like it's disgusting. It's clear God. that this director wanted to see these women it's naked. It's disgusting what they're being put through, and they managed to do it in a professional manner. Like, like I, I, I can't. It imagine. is worse than that, oh, God, that so era porn acting. It's so um, bad. It's yeah. su- it's such bad acting. The little robot kid. Holy moly. It's like the kid was reading it yeah, off a piece of paper. Yeah, it was really bad. It's yeah. It's the Sam the... step was terrible. It's oh. like if you give me the whole list though, I do think the women did a fantastic job of actually making themselves uh, somehow look interested in the men, which there's no particular reason why yes, they should have been. They did it. So I'm going to give Mission them accomplished. that accomplished. They managed to actually make it through the movie without like quitting or like killing any of the people who were And could you tell forcing them into those seats. Could you tell that the scientist was quirky and strange? I don't know if you could tell with that <laughs> subtle those subtle things he was doing, like the blood constantly on his jacket and Getting, he was eating dinner with blood on his jacket. Yeah, and, and he got Dr. food Cal. all over his face because he's quirky. Dr. Cal. All right. So did I get that right or wrong? I don't know. Uh, you say greatest or great? I can't remember. I said greatest because right. I specifically singled out the women. You're absolutely uh, right. Then. The okay. You're absolutely yeah. right because okay. it is Excellent. the greatest acting I've ever seen in a film. So. Okay. Excellent. It's three out of four. Three out of four. That's all right. Yeah. All three right. out of four to point five out of four. This is pretty much the average we have all the time. Whipping. Yeah. An ass whipping. All right. That's what happens all the time. I was... New challenges? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I was going to... If what you gave me was bad, I had mm-hmm. some stuff ready. But... It was good. It was good. It was, it was good. I told so you. It was I'm like, like, it was bad, but it was like good. You know what I mean? I got I one like, in the crazy. canon just whenever you feel like... What do you got? But I, right now I have a decent one. So right, I was going through uh, Amazon, and the one I found I liked, uh, I thought you might like, it's called I Am Dragon. So Okay. That's popping up a lot on Amazon. I have not heard of it. Do you know what pops up all the time for me when I go on Amazon? Uh, All of the Mythica movies. So (laughs) there's five of them. There's (laughs) five Mythica movies. You might be interested in this. I'm like, no, not really. Uh, Not really. I kind of want to watch them though, to be honest, in a weird way. But uh, okay, for you, I know you are zombied out. So I would like you to watch Train to Busan. Which is a zombie movie about a train with zombies on it. <laughs> train to Busan. Yeah. All it's right. Foreign. I can't remember. Is it Korean? It might be. Korean. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, train. But it's really good, actually. Uh, if you like zombie movies. What I have for you next time, when I was looking for stuff for our retro review, mm-hmm. um, I was going through Netflix. Do you know that Netflix has? An extraordinary large uh, collection of Bollywood movies. Yes, I do. So, I've almost given you a Bollywood a couple times. Look forward to that in the future, my friend. Like it Be is. Careful. There's I almost have, more Bollywood movies than I have a couple. Movies. I have a couple stuff in my back pocket that I, I'm saving for the day when you really piss me <laughs> off with these challenges. And I'm like, he hasn't really pissed me off yet, but they're there and they're going to make you miserable. So just just understand understand like right now it's kind of like a soviet union united states mutually assured destruction type of thing <laughs> you fire your new son i'm telling you 
Mine are coming back. And I got, I got, I got one for you okay. ready to go. Just know that my hand's right. hovering over the red button. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm Reagan. You're Gorbachev. All right. Here we go. Uh, train to Basan for me. Or excuse me for you. And then I have I am Dragon. Right. Any challenges? Is Sounds that correct good to me? Yeah. Looks good. All right. So we're gonna close down the episode. Uh, so if you could, if you don't mind, you might be able to hop up on the old iTunes or wherever else you get your your podcasts uh for entertainment uh and give us a little review here or there it might be nice uh you can catch us up on the old interwebs at lollygaggerco.com or on twitter at lollygaggerco l-o-l-l-y-g-a-g-g-e-r-c-o justin you've been streaming lately because i've been getting your damn freaking reminder emails from twitch so uh yeah so where can they find you up on the old interwebs yeah, I've been streaming more because Gabe gives and give me garbage when I don't. Uh, You've been doing a lot of magic stuff, too. Yeah, that seems to be in my wheelhouse now, so I like it. Okay. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Jehovah is J-E-H-O-O-F-A-H. Um, do mostly magic, and uh, I'll be going a lot more into WoW here soon, too. So all that stuff going on, so that's where you can find me. So. All right. And on that note, I think it's time to say thank you to the folks and entities who made this show happen today right oh yeah okay let's start us off to mother nature okay so i love monsoon season in arizona because there's tons of storms and lightning and rain and we never get that kind of stuff but if i could make a slight request of mother nature could you please not split my pine tree in half again because she just did that this week and then have that half fall into my pool so now i can't use my pool for like a week and a half uh so i would appreciate that anyway thank you thank you mother nature I want to thank PetSmart or Pet Supermarket for creating dresses I can put on my kitten because my wife went and got one of those today. It's the most adorable thing I've seen in a very long time. It's like a little, it's like a little sundress. That's just so demeaning. It's so cute. I don't care. I hate you. Thank you. Thank you. To my lawn guy, Chris, who is awesome. So I said the tree fell down in my pool, and it's true, it did. So there's a big old tree, and I'm like, it's like seven something at night when we notice when, when we see it. He's able to get up the next morning at 6:30, come out with all his chainsaw gear and his big old flatbed and all that sucker away. So Chris, I know you're never ever going to listen to this podcast, but uh, thank you anyway. Finally, I'd like to thank Chipotle because I believe it's pronounced Chipotle because. Why wouldn't I think Chipotle? They're just, they're wonderful in every way. So, thank you so much. <laughs>